Welcome to the Sunday Recap, everyone. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning. <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's Guy's Day today. Dude's Day. That's right. <laughs> uh, Ariel's out on vacation, and Mitch is back. Welcome back, I'm man. Back. Yeah. I'm back short-lived. I'm out next week. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, so, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm on vacation next week, but I'll be here this week. Totally, totally. Well, hey, uh, welcome back. You were gone for two weeks getting ready for yes. uh, middle school camp. Middle school camp 2021. Yeah. How did it go? Tell us about that. Awesome. It was amazing. We had a great week. Um, we took like 84 students with us, which is just nuts. Whoa. Um, 84. Yeah. Yeah, we took 57 pre-COVID. Yeah. So that's just a whole new ball game. 84 kids. Um, man, we had an awesome time. We talked about the I am statements. Yeah. Um, we even did a talk on gender identity which oh, wow. with all the kids, which that was, I led that and that was, it went really well, but it was obviously tough. Yeah, sure. Um, but man, it was a good week. Like of when we came back and I've gone through all, we have them all fill out a card at the end of the week and I read through them all. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't just, cause like a kid can check follow Christ and, really like they just might be like i'm still following christ sure but as i read them i mean there were like 24 kids that it was based off what they read i was like these kids made a decision for christ this week oh wow um and so we're trying to meet with them email their parents directly get all that stuff going man praise god that's huge so that's amazing Uh, i know uh my daughter got to go she's uh going into eighth grade this year she had a great time she Mm -hmm. loved like i guess she one thing was she likes fishing, so she yeah. she went down there and went fishing a, a, mm-hmm. a couple places. She went on the blob. She loved that. She's good at fishing. She casting her line is a dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we started making fun of her because people would stop lining up to her right. Like everybody was fishing to the left of her because when she would cast, it was like she might like, take out, out anybody to the right. <laughs> totally, totally. So, That's so funny. Yeah, but she I, had a blast. It was so good. I did face mask with their cabin. Did you hear about that? No. Oh, yeah. I did a charcoal face mask with their cabin uh, on Wednesday night, um, which, man, my face was on fire fire was it really oh it burned oh, so bad but it was fun but i will say your pores look fantastic hey they they, they so. actually looked awful i felt like after it was like inflamed like oh, everything gosh. did not look good <laughs> that's amazing rough. well from everything i've heard and seen it sounds like it was just an amazing week fun. and uh well done man praise god for all that he's done that's really cool um well uh, as we get started today, let's just talk about VBS. VBS is coming up in just about two weeks. Yep. We're only two weeks away from from this huge thing that we do in a church. Our church loves VBS. This is mm-hmm. something that really our whole church kind of gets behind every single year. Um, but because of COVID and planning and things like that, we we kind of plan to do a smaller version of it. So instead of being mm-hmm. a full week, it's over a weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mm-hmm. from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Are you still singing? Or is that, is I'm going to be in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is so good, guys. Seriously. So oh, I've no. been doing VBS. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I won't say what you think I'm going to say, but I've been doing VBS my entire life, pretty much. Uh, I've probably been oh, in VBS. Sure. This is the first church I came to where it's like everybody on stage is rocking the vocals. <laughs> like, and I was, it's true. I mean, it's awesome. There's a talented group of kids up there, which yeah. is so much and fun. And you. Well, what's neat is that there's, there's a few adults up there to kind of hold things down, but oh, it's um, awesome, man. It was fun. And Chris, he just rocks these high notes. They just make him take all the tenor That's notes true. and it's, dude, it's, it's awesome. Untrue. That's a great, that's a great part. So you need but, to see it. Oh my gosh. Well, it is a ton of fun. And this year it's going to be on uh, June 25th, 26th and 27th. It's going to be in the evenings. Um, and 
this is a great time to actually uh, start planning to come. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you haven't pre-registered, our pre-registration window has closed. However, you can still come. You can still come, mm-hmm. and and uh, you'll basically just register as a walk-in that weekend. And the other thing that's kind of cool too is we're doing family meals on Friday. And Saturday, that's at 4.30. So you can actually like bring your whole family, come to the family meal, and then your whole family actually can can stay and hang yeah. out during VBS. And uh, you can help, you can serve in some places, or you can just hang out with your kids and things mm-hmm. like that. Tell us a little bit about Sunday too. What's going on with yeah, Sunday? Yeah, so Sunday, the youths. Um, we put on a entire, you know, VBS wide, it's really almost a church wide thing, but where we'll have a carnival night thing after we do kind of a recap of the week where Derek does an awesome job laying everything out, we'll send the kids outside and we've, you know, ordered a few bounce houses, obstacle courses. We've got actually, this is a big step up this year. We've got the Kona ice truck coming. Hey, hey. yeah. So free Kona (laughs) ice truck actually too. We're paying for it. So free Kona ice truck. We've got some snacks and popcorn machine. I mean, we've got face painting, um, just all these things really just so that, you know, we can kind of celebrate the weekend and just really enjoy our time as a family together. And honestly, when, when I first came to Stones Crossing Church, I started in March. Um, I really, I just, just came back to my head, but I really remember coming to this event as one of the first times that I really got to mingle with everybody in the church. Yeah. Like it was just a great way to meet everybody, meet their family, meet their kids, you know, as the kids are running around, adults are just hanging out. So totally. bring a lawn chair yeah. and get ready to just kind of have some fun. Oh, it's Sunday so much night. fun. Absolutely. All right, Mitch, let's get into this. We're talking about Psalm 23 verse three, let's the second it. half of verse three. Um, and Psalm 23, uh, just again, wonderful Psalm. One of the most beloved Psalms, probably the most popular Psalm that there is. Um, uh, would you be up for reading it? Oh yeah. If there's ever a day I want to read, this is the it one. Is the day. <laughs> right. You want the whole thing or you just want the second half let's of just, verse three? Let's read the whole thing. Let's, let's do it. All thing. right. Yeah. <laughs> this is verse one, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Highlight that verse. That's the one we're talking about today. There you go. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Awesome. Thanks. So we are going to talk about uh, the second half of verse 3. So verse 3 starts out, he says, he restores my soul. And that's what Scott talked about two weeks ago. This week, he talked about the second half of that, which is he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And um, this is a really interesting passage in in, in that um, kind of trying to figure out what does paths of righteousness actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so this is poetry, right? So there's a, um, there's sort of a allegorical, sort of a, uh, you know, some sort of an interpretation of that in in poetry to try to figure mm-hmm. out like what what might this mean? And so um, I did a little little word study just to kind of look at what does the Hebrew say and and all that stuff. And the Hebrew is really interesting because like um, it 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 literally could mean like. Uh, the right path, mm-hmm. which is what Scott talked about. Um, the, the, that second word of, of right or righteous is more often translated as like 
righteousness or justice or truth or honesty. Mm -hmm. It has more of those sort of like character qualities than it is like being right or wrong. And I think that was kind of Scott's point on Sunday. Like, Like when I was listening to what he was talking about, he was talking about like, yes, we need help in making decisions, but ultimately... The decision-making process, what God is more concerned about is growing our character mm-hmm. than he is about, like, actually, you know, who do I, you know, who do I marry and, mm-hmm. and you know, what college do I go to and all that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, God cares about those things, too, of course. Mm-hmm. But what's being brought out here is more about the relationship between us and our creator, our shepherd, right? Uh, you, you may not know the answer to this, but I have a question yeah. based off of you saying you did word study. So. Yeah, yeah path uh-huh. like in, in the hebrew um understanding just even thinking the time period yeah what would that word path mean yeah well there's actually three different words for that could be translated as mm-hmm. path and um the this particular one typically um it can refer to a literal path like like mm-hmm. a a road a mm-hmm. you know something like that but most in most cases uh because this particular word is used 13 times in the Hebrew Bible. Okay. Okay. And in most of those cases, I think it's like 11 out of the 13, it's used for more of a metaphorical mm-hmm. idea of like our actions or our conduct. Mm. Okay. And so it's actually really um, interesting. So it's like when he's talking about our path, it's like the path that we are, that that the way that we're mm-hmm. living, you know, is, is kind yeah. of the way that, that this particular word um, is typically used in the Bible. So so that's where I, I really come back to. It's not just about, like, I don't think that what the psalmist is getting to is, like, actually helping us to kind of see, like, oh, yeah, God is going to help us in making the right decisions all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but I think he does. I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't. But what I think that what this psalm is getting to is that God really cares more about our character. He cares mm-hmm. more about our relationship with him and as we cultivate that relationship with him, that those other things tend to work themselves out, um, those other decisions, if that makes sense. And I think yeah. that's what Scott was trying to get to on Sunday as well. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting that the the, the Hebrew text kind of yields that that understanding of mm-hmm. it in that, in that why, way. Why is, why is the um, – I'm going to ask you one more point here. Why do you think that he restores my soul being a whole separate sentence mm. in our Bibles is listed with – the second part. That why, he, he, why is it part of verse yeah. three? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I don't know, um, okay. but it might. It, it kind of brings up the topic of why are there verse numbers and stuff in our Bible and yeah. things like that. Because you know, just just as an understanding, chapter numbers, verse numbers, and a lot of like the little titles that we see, uh, of, you know, in front of paragraphs mm-hmm. and things like that, even paragraph divisions, all those stuff, all, all those things are not part of the original text, right? So it's really important, I think, for us to understand that those things are inserted by later mm-hmm. editors in order for to kind of make it easier for us to read and things like that in our culture. Um, so the original Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament doesn't include any of that. In fact, Hebrew is so weird. It doesn't even have vowels. It's like yeah. a, a string of consonants all like <laughs> put together and mm-hmm. things like that. And so, um, and so for, for us, you know, having that artificial verse number three there, Sometimes I wonder that. I'm like, why did they put a verse there yeah. or a chapter mm-hmm. there? And it, it's sometimes like 
when I look at that, I'd be like, I would have done it differently. And I yeah. think some other people think that too. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's good. All right. We're done with Q and a with Chris. Both of those things were unplanned, but I just, <laughs> no, I just had them both. Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask the question. I've been with middle schoolers for a week. So I'm just thinking, what is all the little, what are the things they have to know? <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. Well, one of the things that I think Scott got into here at the beginning of his message was how our society has really shifted to what he called emotivism for determining what we should do for like decision-making and like what's guiding us, you know? And so emotivism, like, I don't know, how would you define emotivism? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. You guys were talking about last week, um, I think, therefore I am, you know, in your last week's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, I feel, therefore I'm going I, to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I would say is it's, I mean, everything is driven by your emotions. Everything has to feel right, mm-hmm. um, whatever that that may be. And if it doesn't feel right, um, it's really hard to navigate in that path. And, yeah. and man, I know some people, and I'm not going to get in details because I don't want to give them away that they're walking through decisions in their life and they really want things to feel right. Mm-hmm. And I, as an outside person observing, I've been like, man, you've either made some poor decisions or you're really struggling to make decisions because mm. you have, it has to feel so right for you yeah. that you just can't make a decision. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the right decision about things can end up feeling uh, hard yeah. and feeling almost wrong in that sense. Mm-hmm. So like, so like if, if we're going to scripture and we're like, okay, let's, let's say that, you know, let's talk about, cause I've seen this in the church world a mm-hmm. couple of times where it's like someone is, um, there, there's a husband and a wife and the husband maybe is going to have, is having an affair. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the husband decides to leave the wife because they mm-hmm. feel so much more connected to this other woman. Mm-hmm. Now, in that moment for him to follow God's word, where it says, you know, uh, you should not commit adultery, God hates divorce, it feels hard and wrong mm-hmm. to not go after your feelings, mm-hmm. right? But to make the sacrifice and say, no, I'm staying with my wife, I'm going to remain faithful, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the feeling part of it there actually is counterintuitive. Versus yeah. what God's word says in that. Mm-hmm. So it, so it's really, I, I think it's really interesting. Well, and I've seen people do this with, I mean, you look at the housing market, people buying houses, oh, it's yeah. got to feel sure. right or not feel right. Sure. Um, I've seen, and I've seen that go both ways. I've seen people turn, turn down opportunities. I've seen mm-hmm. people pay way too much for a house <laughs> because it feels, <laughs> it feels right. Yeah. You know, I've seen this with, you know, young friends of mine that, you know, they're, they're single and they're in relationships and they cut them off mm-hmm. good, healthy relationships mm-hmm. because they just, they've kind of lost, you know, the emotion they've yeah. lost the feeling. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think, again, it's just, it's just dangerous. It's yeah. dangerous for that to be your main operating mode. What's interesting about this is I think our, typically we will turn to, like if we're not going to look to God's word and, and God's guidance in, in our decision-making and, the, and those sorts of things, we will turn to either emotivism mm-hmm. or we will also turn to rationalism. In other words, yeah. we're going to look to our own reason in order to make those decisions. And I think both of those things uh, are making the same mistake because yeah. both of those things are looking to inside ourself in order to find kind of like to determine what is right and wrong, what's good and bad and all that sort of stuff versus looking to something outside of ourself that's transcendent. So, so kind of what I wanted to ask in this, in this part of this is like, why is that, why is looking inside of ourself so wrong? 
versus looking to something that is transcendent. Why do we need a transcendent uh, determiner of what's good and bad and right and wrong? I mean, we just don't have the capacity to, I I can, I mean, even just personal, like I don't want to get in every detail, but I remember listening to a sermon one time. I was listening to two different sermons by two different preachers and I combined them. This was total, the rational side of this. Yeah. And one of them, um, I was just processing this for myself. I wasn't in a relationship or anything. And this is in my early twenties and, and I'm being very transparent here. Okay. One of them, the preachers was talking about how sexual intimacy and um, relational intimacy go hand in hand. And what he was arguing, and I don't actually think this is a great sermon, but like what he was, <laughs> okay. what he was arguing for was that if you are relationally intimate, there's going to become a point where you have to be sexually intimate. And mm. then yeah, this is, again, this is broken logic, but let me, let me just keep playing it out yeah, for yeah. you. And so he was saying, so either like you need to get married now yeah. so you can be sexually intimate or you need to cut it off, like because your relational intimacy has gone too far, mm. and and I remember like listening to that logic and being like, yeah, that makes total sense, mm-hmm. and even like starting to think about it for myself. But as as I really stepped away and I wasn't thinking about it in relationship to people and other things and mm-hmm. other relationships, I was like, whoa, that's just like what I what a twenty year old male wanted to hear. Yeah, was like, hey, we're relationally intimate, so let's let's get married. So yeah. we can sleep together. Yeah. And it's like, that is not good. Like, because what was my heart really after <laughs> sexual intimacy? So yeah. I just think that's just one example it's where like I've the worst reason to get married. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've actually heard that. I've yeah. heard that logic before. Yeah. I've heard people say, like, oh, you just need to get married. So you, you quit lusting or you quit. And I'm like, that is just not how it works. Yeah. And, and my point is this, is that me, I'm coming clean, admitting Mm-hmm. And I think we all should, that we can rationalize about just anything we want. Mm-hmm. And we, if we go off our emotions, we'll do just pretty much whatever we want. Yeah. And I think that's for everyone across the board. Absolutely. And so I'm not, I'm not saying you don't explore your emotions, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't use reason, mm-hmm. but you got to have the Bible right in front of you the whole way. Yeah. You can't even just Google, you know, whatever you question you have and assume that the preacher is going to tell you what they're going to say. And I won't tell you which preacher it is. And he's not a bad preacher, but yeah. it was like... I remember watching that and being like, what? Like a couple weeks later being like, where was I like thinking with that? Absolutely. You know? Well, cause I think. Thankfully I, think... I wasn't in a relationship. Thankfully I was just processing, <laughs> but like, like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that what's interesting about that is when you get to, you know, you're trying to decide what is right and wrong in that situation. What is, what is actually, let, let's take just the concept of, of morally right. Yeah. Okay. Um, for for a decision making process when we're looking at all right I'm trying to figure out what is morally right what's morally right for me if 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 I'm the ultimate determiner of that within myself then that means that the that moral righteousness actually becomes relative because yeah. it might be different for you it might be different for someone else it's it's going to it's absolutely going to be different across cultures right you know you're going to look at parts of the world where you know it, it may be okay to murder something, somebody for something that sure. we would think is, you know, for stealing somebody else's chicken. Yeah. Like that yeah, might yeah. be considered morally, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah. And we would say that's wrong. So it, it automatically breaks down. Yeah. So, so it becomes relativistic. And so what, actually, this is really interesting. We're going to get a little philosophical here, but, but this becomes actually an argument for the existence of God in a lot of ways. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because if there is a, uh, a moral, if we have any kind of moral righteousness, all right, mm-hmm. then what we're what we're ascribing to there is we're saying, I'm trying to I'm trying to achieve 
by being morally right, I'm trying to achieve this perfect picture of what moral mm-hmm. righteousness looks like, but I don't have that within me. But um, it's really something that, that's interesting is the argument is that there, what that means is that there is something bigger that actually is a perfect picture mm-hmm. of moral righteousness that exists, must exist outside of humanity. And that means that that picture of moral righteousness then kind of condescends to us and like imparts that down to us to where we're trying to like meet that. We're trying to, to mm-hmm. come to that. And he, whatever this is, gives that to us. And the, and the Christian actually has the, uh, the knowledge to say, oh yes, I know who that is. That is, yes. that is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not just morally righteous. He is righteousness itself. You know, and we can do that with anything. We can do that with goodness, with mm-hmm. love, with wisdom, with knowledge. Like that is God is all of those things in its absolute form and its perfect yeah. form. And all that we're really doing is, as He imparts that to us, we're 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 trying to emulate that in 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 bits and pieces, but we can't do it perfectly. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. Again, I, I think the deeper desire of our heart is actually probably justice. Um, just sometimes it's just yeah. trying to you know. Um, I mean, I mean again, I heard I heard this in a book one time, but you know, the author was talking about how you know we can we can go off of our feelings and we can say you do you, but it'll break down at the point that somebody else goes against what you want. Yeah, you know, and I mean, this can be the point of you know. Um, everybody wants the rapist to pay for their crime. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody want, and the rapist may feel like what they did was totally valid, mm-hmm. but you want them to pay for their crime. Well, by what standard is that going to be decided? It's got to be decided outside, right. you know, and, and in certain, in certain countries, what we may consider rape, rape in America may not be considered rape. Mm-hmm. And so is it, is it right or wrong in both places? You know, and you hear this come up a lot with abortion, you know, it's like yeah. you can, you could, you know, have an abortion in Canada or in America or Canada, I think it's the other way around in Canada. And then you move to, you know, just across the border, you know, a few miles. Sure. And now, you know, the months, might, I don't know the exact numbers. I apologize for that. But like the months might be, you know, six months earlier or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like just by going across the border. Right. And are we really going to say that like that morally it is wrong in one place but in the other place, it's totally allowed, totally okay. Yeah. And I think we'd all say no. Like, that's not how morals work. Right. And so we have to have this source outside of ourselves. So Absolutely. Well, there's one more thing I want to get to before we get into some practical things. Because th- these are all, all these things that we're talking about, I think, are practical. But they're... Yeah. Um, uh, but it's more, you know, theological, philosophical. philosophical. We're getting yeah. into that stuff. But... In this passage, it says that um, that God He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yeah, and this is a, a fascinating little caveat in this because um, we see this sort of theme over and over again throughout the scriptures. Like we look at Exodus, um, God. Uh, he rescues the Hebrews, but he does it for his own glory, mm-hmm. right? Or um, I think Ezekiel twenty, I think it's Ezekiel twenty six verses thirty twenty two to thirty two talks about that too, like how he is saving Israel for his own glory. And this is another one, Psalm one hundred six, verse eight says, "Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power." Talking about yeah. the Exodus event, and so so over and over again, we see that God's rescue is actually for his glory and not for the sake of the people that he's rescuing. And it seems a little backwards to us, I think, to, to consider that. Like, like um, wait, do, why would he do that? What, like, isn't God saving us 
for us because we need salvation. Um, so what's the deal with that? Why why do we get why, why why do we see this over and over again that God is saving for His own glory? And why is that actually the best way? Uh, the best reason for God to save us? Yeah. So I'll take I'll I'll start us off, but yeah. I I think again. Um, thinking of God and how God describes himself in the Old Testament. I mean, mm-hmm. God is God is constantly um, showing his glory, um, but he's also showing his holiness, his righteousness, his justice yeah. um, all throughout the Bible. And all of these other little G-gods that we're seeing being worshipped around the world, um, they're very like... I mean, narcissistic may not be the right word, but they're really, they are after their own glory, mm-hmm. but they're also not um, just by any means. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll constantly see is, you know, is even in the Bible or you'll get other passages of literature, it's like, you know, you can make God mad and then next thing you know, like he's going to kill every single person ever mm. and, until you make him happy again. Yeah. And so if you look at like the gods of Egypt or you look at, you know, the gods of Rome or, yeah. you, you know, you look at Greek gods, you constantly see you're trying to like interpret and understand these gods emotions right? and just trying to do whatever you can to figure out how to make them happy. It's interesting because I think what you're explaining there is that the, these gods are actually dependent on, hum- yes. on human decisions for Absolutely. their happiness. Happiness and mm-hmm. their joy and or or their anger or their wrath. Yeah. So and they're yeah. constantly trying to guess what's going to make the gods happy. They don't know. Yeah. It's not clearly laid out. Right. And yet now we see this passage we're coming across in Psalm 23 where it says, "He leads me in paths of righteousness." Yeah. The, the God, you know, the God of the Bible is not. He's not a guessing game yeah. on how to please God. Yeah. It's clearly laid out you know, what God desires of us to do. In fact, not only is it like laid out, he goes with us on the path to help instruct how to live righteous living. That's right. How to bring glory to him. So so while God is about his glory, and I know this isn't exactly the question you're asking, he's also fully just. Sure. So like we shouldn't we shouldn't say, you know, well I don't like why would I want to glorify God? Well, you want to glorify God because he's completely holy. Yeah. He's completely just. He is all loving. He's He's all of these things that you're, are your deepest desires, and you're created, in fact, to bring him glory. So there's nothing else that's going to fulfill you. Yeah. So, so sometimes I think we come across and we go, well, it's not about me. It's about God. And you go, yeah, it, it always has been. Mm-hmm. But in fact, by making it about God, you're going to fulfill your deepest desires. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's, we need to know that when we're, when we're having this conversation, that we are, God's a holy God who deserves our glory, but he's also fully just and fully loving. Oh, and so that's what brings, you know, that that's why we come to the table. And he goes with us on the path. He doesn't leave us in a guessing game of trying to say, how do we bring him glory. Yeah. It's very clearly laid out in yeah, scripture. Yeah. And that's why I think this is the best reason for God to save us. Cause if he was trying to save us for our own sake, mm-hmm. for, for us, that actually makes it, well, I mean, one, it makes him dependent on us. Right. So, so there's a dependency issue there, but God is what uh, the technical term is a say, yeah. right. Or mm-hmm. a, his aseity. He's independent of mm-hmm. us. He doesn't need us for anything. It's not like he was lonely and, you know, needed people. Um, he had himself and he was in perfect harmony and, and unity within the the Godhead within the Trinity. And so, um, and so what's, what's, what's fascinating about this is that um, he doesn't need us. 
yet he desires us. Yeah, right? it's out of he it's out us. of his love yeah. that he does these things. God yeah. is who he is apart from us. Yeah. But we and we constantly see God trying to restore his relationship, but not in a way that it's to fulfill him. Right. It's out of his love, it's out of his justice, mm-hmm. it's out of him loving his creation. Yeah. And so we constantly see again man failing time and time and time again that God, you know, fulfills it in himself, you know, fully God, fully man with Jesus on the cross. Yeah. But which then again brings him the most glory. Right. So so it's yep. it is all about God's glory, but it's not it's not in such a way that we sometimes, you know, perceive it we're like, well God doesn't care about me. It's like, no, he loves you deeply. Right. In fact, where he'll constantly, you know, put him his self on the line for you. Yeah. And he doesn't need us, which actually yes. we should praise him for. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's why that's why we we worship him because we worship him. If we were to worship a God who needed us to worship him, like that's a terrible God to <laughs> to mm-hmm. worship. And actually, Isaiah, uh, God, in Isaiah, God mocks other yeah. gods that that need humanity in that way. Let's get into some. We have we'll get a, out of the clouds here. Yeah, right now we, we, got, we got about ten minutes left, and let's get into some uh, practical things about this. Um, so, at the end of the message, Scott broke down just a couple things about, um, like, how God is really guiding us and leading us and forming us. Okay, and so a couple things that he mentioned is that um, first, one of the things for us uh, is that we should be putting God first in our life. Um, so what I want to do really quickly is just sort of unpack, what does that actually look like? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've, we've maybe seen that, uh, or seen, read the verse, like, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So like, what does that actually mean in a practical sense to put God first in your life? Does that mean sell all your possessions, become a monk, uh, you know, join, you know, be, uh, go into ministry full time? Like, what, what does that mean? I mean, it could, <laughs> but but I, I think, again, it, it is, you know, we are spiritual beings, but we're also physical beings. And so it, I think it does mean um, discerning what disciplines we need to put in our life that draw us towards God mm. um, and what things don't. Yeah. So I think, you know, if we know that there are things that distract us, you know, from following God regularly, um, and we know that other things draw us towards God, um, then we need to put those disciplines in our life. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, if that's, you know, when are we going to read our Bibles? How are we going to read our Bibles? Who are we going to read our Bibles with? Mm-hmm. Um, what relationships in our life draw us towards conversations around God, mm-hmm. around Scripture, and what relationships don't? Yeah. And then or then reorienting your life in that way. To make those the priority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, again, if, if you want to know God's leading, then... Th- just going off this one verse, but the entire narrative of Scripture, you're going to spend time with God, and so you have to create those patterns in your life. Yeah, um, and and not just for the sake of having the patterns for checking it off the list, but it's like in doing that, you'll grow to know God deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think spiritual disciplines are one thing. You know, prayer and Bible study, things like that. I think coming to church, mm-hmm. uh, making making Sunday morning worship a priority. In life is is another thing, um, but I also think there's something there about um, really following His commands, which was the second yeah. thing that Scott brought up, where he says we have to be willing to do what God says. Um, where, where Scott uh, went with this was just kind of helping us to see, like you know, in putting God first in this way is is really that our heart is in a disposition to to hear and do what God 
mm-hmm. says to do. But in order to do that, we actually have to go to where God is speaking, yeah. and that is in his word, right? Yep. Um, and so the the biggest thing is is actually, do we really know what God is commanding us to do? And and we need to know that through reading God's word. Where's a good place to start uh, with, with scripture reading, or, or how do we build better habits of being in God's word on a regular basis? Because I know a lot of people really struggle with this, um, mm-hmm. building that into their life. Um, what are some good ways to build better habits of of getting into God's word. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think part of it you, is you have to begin by assessing um, your life and mm-hmm. your current patterns. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of guy and, and, and working out and reading God's word, they're not the same thing, but sometimes, you know, we cross over and yeah. how we approach both of those things. Sure. I'm my wife constantly gets on me because I'm the guy that when I work out, I just go hard. Like I'm, there's one speed and it's like, you're going to do you know, 300 squats a day and you've not done a squat in six months. Like that's just the, the way that I go. Good luck walking. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. <laughs> the, the, the problem then becomes I can't work out for the next week. Yeah. So then there's no developing a discipline. Yeah. Um, there are seasons of your life where I think it's important to say, you know what, for the next, you know, week, I'm going to try to read all this. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all these different things. Sure. But I think it's good to assess, okay, how do you naturally relate to things? Mm-hmm. And then approach that to scripture. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you're someone that you don't read long books, then don't try to read long sections. Yeah. Start small. Yeah. You know, if you're somebody that you do read long books, then read long sections, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, so then more practically, um, I, again, I would encourage people, I mean, you can read the Bible chronologically. That's great. But sometimes that's a big step. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I would encourage people, again, reading through the Gospels, seeing the different accounts. Um, do not rely on a commentary, yeah. but I do love the For You series commentaries by the Good Book Company. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, those are good. They're they're written more like a book than they're written like mm-hmm. a commentary. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're somebody that you want to read something alongside it, that's a good resource. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have more resources today than we've ever had. Oh, yeah. So it's not like... When people ask me sometimes, like, oh, do you know a good resource for this? I'm like, I'm going to Google like you could, you know, and I'm going to read through them. And if I know them, I'll give them to you. But often I'm just looking up what anybody could. Yep. But again, it's it's establishing how do you how do you relate to these things? And now if you're introducing it to your life, you know, go for it. But don't think like if you never woken up at 5 a.m. before a day in your life Mm -hmm. and now you're like 5 a.m. is my Bible time. Yeah. It's just it's just probably not going to work. It's going to be hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think fitting it into into your life and making it a priority is is key. And you want to place it at a time when you know that you will be uninterrupted. Yeah. You're going to have some space to be able to do that. And 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 again, it's it, it's about putting God first. It's making that the priority mm-hmm. in your life. Um, absolutely. And I think too, um, one of the things that has really helped me is having a plan. Yeah. So like a Bible reading plan is a is is a really helpful thing. And we've got a couple really great uh, Bible reading plans that um, we use, uh, we, like we offer at church and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a ton that are out there. So if you're ever looking for a Bible reading plan, then um, shoot us an email. We'd love to send one to you, um, kind of help you to find what you're looking for with all that. But having a plan is so helpful because then it's like, you know, you get to sort of check the box yeah. in a sense. And, and, and it's like, all right, like, look what I've... I've read, you know, these chapters today and this chapter today, or whatever, and and that actually is so helpful. I think just in keeping track of where you're going, and I'll actually be able to see your progress with, with it all too. I think it just helps keeps it motivating. So and I think it's great to do it in relationships too. 
Oh, I mean, absolutely. Find, find people in your life that you can read this with, that you yeah. can discuss it with, that you can, you know, pray with one another. That I, I think that also, and that's that's the world we live in. Everybody's got a workout buddy. Yeah. What's that app that all the ladies use in our church? I've never used it before. Mark. I don't know. Marco Polo. Oh, Marco Polo. And Marco Polo with people yeah. about what you're reading. You know, I mean, there's there's that's there's great. ample opportunity for you to engage in this with other people. Yeah, that's a great idea. The last uh, last thing here is. Uh, Scott talked about asking the Holy Spirit to be our guide. I don't know that we necessarily have to ask him, and Scott didn't really get into that necessarily, because mm-hmm. I think the Holy Spirit is um, has promised us that yeah. he will guide us um, for, for, for the Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's going to do that, and that's in John 16. But uh, again, I, I, I just kind of wonder what this looks like in practical terms. Cause I think some people maybe have some sort of a mysticism idea of what mm-hmm. that looks like. Like maybe you're going to, you know, get this, you know, new knowledge in your head from the Holy spirit or, 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 you know, things like that. But, um, but what does this look like in practical terms? Um, yeah, I, again, I, I think, I think, and I know this is kind of the same answer, but reorienting yourself mm-hmm. to the things of God. Yep. Um, even in asking the Holy Spirit, it's not technically like now the Holy Spirit shows up, like you rub, you know, you rub the genie bottle and the genie's yeah, there. Yeah. He's there, but you might be reorienting yourself to his work in your life. Yeah. I think that's really good. But I just, uh, even alongside that, I think it's just as important to seek the things of God, to seek God's presence, to live mm-hmm. a holy life. I, yeah. I often interact with people that like, they'll, they'll tell me, you know, the Holy Spirit said this thing to them whatever it way may be. Yeah. And I'm, this is judgmental and it's not necessarily always the best, but there are clear observable things in their life where I'd say they're not honoring God. Mm. And I'm not saying that God, God speaks through broken people every time because we're all broken. Yeah. And God works through broken people every time because we're all broken. But we also need to remind ourselves that like, we need to su- submit to God fully mm-hmm. out of obedience, um, submit to his word, submit to doing what God's calling us to do, and not just to submit to whatever idea we think he's leading us in. Absolutely. Well, James says to test the spirits, yeah. right? So like, and how do we test it? We have to know God's word first. Yeah. We test what we are sensing, what we are, uh, the impressions that we feel. We, te- mm-hmm. we test those against what God's word says and to determine if it's true, because God will never contradict himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a key step. So it's, it's just interesting that most of this actually goes back to scripture. That, yeah. that, that, that scripture and knowing God's word is so key for us in this process of, yeah, it's, of it, growing. It, in it is, it's not only a guide, but it is the guide. Yeah. It's what's been left for us um, for, again, reproof, godliness, like yeah. to grow in righteousness. That's and right. So if, if you're ignoring scripture, I, I would just say like you're, you're, you're going to miss the mark mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the, the primary way um, through, through scripture uh, that God is going to lead us, that he does lead us in these paths of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's about him growing our character so that we, um, as we walk through life, that we're making decision after yeah. decision that ends up bringing glory and honor to him. Um, so that's, I think that's the key. It's a good conversation. It's a good yeah. reminder. I think, again, I, we find ourselves in a season for me where summer, everything just kind of stops yeah. And all my disciplines stop. And especially when you're back in youth ministry, you're gone all the time. Oh yeah. Summer's busy. And you have to remind yourself that you can very quickly, um, fall out of the disciplines that are, um, 
kind of pointing your life towards Christ. Right. And again, it's not about checking off the box, but it is about being, you know, near the one who's leading you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, that's where true fulfillment is. And so that's right. I'm just even reminded of that as we talk about it, that yeah. it's just like, Hey, we have to even think in this season, no matter where your vacation is, where you're going, like, how is God going to lead you? Yeah. Um, and not even where is he going to lead you, but how is he going to be present in that's right. you, where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for listening today. We're so glad that you joined us. Hopefully this was a helpful conversation for you. Again, if you have any questions about the things that we talked about on this podcast, you can reach out to us at uh, chris at stonescrossing.com or mitch at stonescrossing.com. We are, uh, we're here for you. We would love to talk with you about these things. And then next week, we're going to be diving into verse four of Psalm 23. So we are looking forward to that. We'll see you next time on the Sunday Recap. <laughs>